This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. I hope you're enjoying your holiday break. Now, as you know, on Sunday kind of love, we do a little bit of storytelling. And by far the most downloaded story podcast of the year happens to be The Spectacular Adventures of Sweet Potato, a.k.a. Gamju, a short story written by fellow Malaysian writer Fu Sik Han. So as this is the final episode of A Sunday Kind of Love for the year, I thought I'd create a bumper Gamju Redux episode and tell the entire story, all five parts of it, in one episode. Um, Fusikan has promised that he'll come back to us with a new installment of Gamju very, very soon. Gamju, which means sweet potato in Korean, is the name of an incorrigible Welsh corgi with uh, some interesting adventures in middle-class Malaysia. Uh, the story gets a little bit dark, so some of the material may not be suitable for sensitive listeners and little ones. Do be aware. And now, without further ado, I give you The Spectacular Adventures of Sweet Potato, a.k.a. Gamju, written by Fu Sik Han. It took Gamju 20 rolls, 10 to the right and 10 to the left, for him to come up with a momentous judgement. This was the best rug. Not just a good rug, it was the best rug, the rug. There were good rugs, there were great rugs, and there were amazing rugs that just wouldn't stop being amazing. But nope, this white rug was like no other. It was his favourite rug. He flopped his oversized head down, huge fabric worms flattening under his weight as surrounding fuzzy tentacles spread and fell gently over his snout. He let the soft, rumbling carpet massage his wiggling tummy all over, and he snorted in satisfaction. Like all Welsh corgis, Gamju was a connoisseur of rugs, much more appreciative of fine furnishing than Mummy Hyonso or Opa Louis. They would never understand how much he loved that rug. It was the best thing to happen to him in Opa Louis' KL apartment, his new home. Maybe it was the best thing to happen to him in Malaysia. Hmm, that gave him pause. They had gone trekking a few days ago at Templar Hill. There had been lots of strange leaves to smell and funny flowers to bite, so different from the plants in Pusan. That had been, on the scale of things, pretty exciting, although Mummy Hyunseo didn't like the heat and had shrieked when Gamju had thrown himself into a swamp. <coughs> Gamju! Yep, rug. Definitely the best thing in Malaysia. The air was cool under the hum of the AC. Running Man was on TV and Mummy Hyunseo was in the study busy on the phone, leaving him to his own devices. It was only fair that the rug be given all the love it deserved. He stood up, shook his butt and lifted his right hind leg. He let the warmth strain out of him, smoothing its way into the rug. Mmm, that rug, it was loving it. You've got a taxi? A great. You can sleep off the jet rug. We can't wait to see you again. 
Louis is driving around to buy some takeaway. So when you reach, he smiled with the shine of a thousand suns at Mummy Hyun Seo, who was screaming her head off. She must be in ecstasy witnessing the great depths of his love, the great lengths he would take to express it. How wonderful it was to have someone share your admiration for rugs. Uh, Eric, I'll call you back. No, my dog, it's uh, Eric, I'll call you back. Mummy Hyun Seo did not look very happy. Gumju gulped, but the stream was still flowing and he would prefer it all be delivered wholesale to the rug. She picked up a plastic clothes hanger. Uh-oh. Naughty! Naughty boy! Gumju dashed off with the speed of an obese brown and white bullet, leaving some unrequited love on the floor behind him. He looked back. The damp spots were slowing her down. Why did she not understand? How could something so pure and unadulterated result in him being naughty boyed? He fumbled into the little storage room at the corner of the apartment and squashed himself into a box of deflated balls. Gamju! Mummy Hyunsyo yelled, then she sighed. Ugh. She put away the clothes hanger and walked away. He peeked out in between limp basketballs, observing her picking up the rug. Can I try clean this? He heard her say, eh, what do I tell Louis? And Eric's coming soon. Ah, stupid boy. Ah. He whimpered and crawled deeper into the sad ball pile. Gumju's ambitions in life were simple. He wanted to be in one eternal state of bliss, which could be reduced to the following binary equation. Is Gumju good boy? Yes? No? Yes. He strived hard to ensure the consistency of this lifetime goal. He would smile at strangers and shake their hands. He would do little bum shakes when food came. Upon success, he would get tickles or nuzzlings or pets or sometimes treats. But the difficulty was assessing how not to, through his own volatile and or cheerful nature, face the dreaded question. Is Gamju naughty boy? Yes, debatable. Debatable. Check. It would be simple to avoid this undesirable state, but there had been times when both Opa Louis and Mummy Hyun Seo were around where the following truth could occur. Is Gamju good boy and naughty boy? For example, last evening, Opa Louis had given Gamju a strange Malaysian treat, which had been soft and chewy. It had tasted and smelt like Opa Louis' gym sock left under the bed for three weeks. Gumju had gagged and puked on the floor, which Opa Louis had praised and Mami Hyonsio had disapproved. Why did these things happen? Durian was the cruelest fruit, stinking. So, back to the question. Is Gumju good boy and naughty boy? Yes, check. Yes, check. That frightened and confused Gamju. Existential crises like these should never belabor cute dogs. The world was an unfair, uncaring beast. If only it could be caged. Speaking of caged, he was still trapped in the storage room. In any moment, Mummy Hyunsyo might pick up the clothes hanger again. Would sticking his tongue out and tilting his head to the side do the trick? That seemed effective with Opa Louis. 
not so much with her. Gumju looked out of the box behind him, and his ears perked up. Above him was a window. He pushed himself out, hopped and skipped up the tower of boxes, kicking away blown light bulbs and old badminton rackets. He nudged the window open. It wasn't very wide, but Gumju had—had he lost weight? He would just have to pretend he had. He jumped out the window and promptly got his butt stuck in the frame. Gumju's hind legs kicked and scratched the wall. Inch by inch, he squeezed through until finally, with all the grace and majesty he, a funny dog with stumpy legs being drawn by gravity, could muster, he fell down onto the floor of the common walkway outside the apartment. We'll be back with more of Gumju's adventures on a sunny kind of love in just a moment. BFM 89.9. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. I really hope you're enjoying your year-end holidays. Today we bring you a bumper episode featuring the spectacular adventures of Sweet Potato, aka Gumju, written by Fusik Han. On with the story. He stood and looked up. Mummy Hyunsyo must still be inside, fretting over the rug. Now he was out here, alone. The world became incredibly large. He shuffled over to a set of metal doors. Maybe Opa Louie was in the tiny room inside. He whined and sat down. A few teenagers came out of the room. They did little oohs and ahs at him, but Gumju was scarcely in any mood to entertain them. Perhaps Opa Louie was at another outside, which the room would lead to. The walls of the room had faded red tiles, and a small speaker played an old tune. A child was inside with his parents. When Gumju wobbled in, the boy's eyes grew large. <gasps> Puppy, he said with a tiny gasp. It's so cute, I'm gonna die! Deep, no fatalistic language, please. His father tried it, but the mother shushed him. The doors closed. I'm going to hug him. Can I hug him? said Deep. I don't care. The hugging begins now. He fell down to his knees and put his arms around Gumju, and Gumju had little choice but to pant and smile with his tongue out. <laughs> the father tried pulling the boy away. Come on, you can hug your toys back home. None of those are puppies. Deep explained with the deepest of logics. The father groaned. Ah, fine, but you have till we reach our floor, okay? Deep took his hands off Gumju and pushed every single number on the wall. He returned to the dog, ignoring his father's angry rumblings. When I hug you, it feels like forever, ever, forever, forever, forever. 
he whispered into Gamju's ears. Isn't there some regulation against pets in this condo? The father complained. That's why we moved here. It's not like management do their job anyway. We complained so much about that gila fellow in our block and they just tell us, dear paying tenant, what do you expect? The mother said. The manko who smells like formaldehyde. I saw him again this morning. He was dressed in nothing but a loincloth. My eyes will never be okay. You think that's bad? Aisha with the binoculars in Block C, she says he's at the balcony every evening burning banana stalks, stark naked, and she swears he wears red body paint. <laughs> I hope it's red body paint. Which floor are we now? Six more. Deep, seize your hugging. Dad, this dog means the life to me. Deep cried with great empathy. How can you not understand that? He's everything I love and care for. That's it. I'm cancelling our subscription to Astro Bella and there will be no more telenovelas for you, young man. Let it go at once. Deep gave Gamju one last tight hug and then released him. You'll always be my lifelong friend, dearest puppy, he said. Gamju licked him on the cheek and stepped out into the darkness. He looked back. Though the boy's hands were already red with rashes, Deep waved at him, eyes wet with tears. We have a floor 3A? Eh? Gamju could hear the mother say before the doors closed with a final soft ding. Everything was dark. A heavy set of drapes had been drawn down over the world. All was silent. All was black. On the other floors of the apartment building, there were open windows looking out to the KL Twin Towers and the flashing billboards of the Umno building. Here there was a large pallet instead, and on it were rusty nails pinning unknown, fibrous things to the rotting wood. The walls were grey with mould, growing between cracks. Instead of bright doors leading to penthouses and apartments, there were only blocked exits bordered up with planks. Gumju cocked his head to the side. He licked the stale air and spotted something out of place. One door was unboarded and had been left slightly ajar. He peeked his head into the room. The air inside was cold and unfathomable, and it smelt like mud coated with sick and swamp rot. He couldn't quite see anything, and curiosity drove him to step all the way inside. The interior had the same layout as home, but there was a constant hum of blowflies. It was bare of furnishing, save for a table sitting against a wall close by. On it sat several jars smelling of all veterinarian offices, and inside were various preserved things. A cobra, chicken eggs, a toad, and oddly, two coconuts with a staff. A ratty tikar was left draped over the canister with the coconuts. The door to what appeared to be a bedroom was closed, and Gumju could hear someone making some monotonous yet rhythmic chanting. Whoever lived on this floor did not seem to have any kind of taste at all. If Mami Hyunsio were here, she would have let her wrist go limp and pointedly note, Girl, we need a makeover! They probably would not even like dogs, notwithstanding his cuteness. They were probably bad people. 
Gumju held his head high and prepared to stride out. There was no need to disturb the bad person inside, who must be a massive weirdo anyway. Gumju made each step with deliberate pomp until something changed. He hit something soft. Gumju looked down. It was a rug. No, it wasn't any rug. It was the rug. The same kind of rug as the one at home. It was even the same eggshell white. Well, this rug was stained with ash and potted spices that smelt of rice and lemongrass, and candles burned at each corner, but still. Rug! Gumju was impressed. The occupant might be absolutely crazy, but they sure did have great taste. That person was probably a good person too, despite all the flies and the bad interior decor and coconuts. Gumju rolled himself on it. It wasn't quite the same, just a little stiff, and some parts were a little brittle. But, wow, he loved that rug. <laughs> and Gumju knew. He knew in the deepest corners of his little canine heart, the truest way to express love was to pee on it. So he lifted his hind leg. The bank transfer went through already. Ah, good, good. The ritual should end in an hour lah. And, uh, hey, Anjing! Gumju smiled. There was a strange, pot-bellied man standing at the door with a phone in his hand, clad in just his underwear and a great deal of blood. Was he in awe of Gumju's simple, timeless, yet poignant demonstration of appreciation for the finer things in life? Of course he was! Tansri, uh, I'll call you back. No, nothing, nothing. Definitely no anjing. I'll call you back. The man did not look very happy. Uh-oh. He threw the phone away and pulled out, stuck in between his underwear and his right thigh, a piece of small rectangular metal. With a flick of his thumb, the metal piece opened out into two, revealing a razor. It glinted in the dark with a dull sheen. Where did you come from? The man yelled and ran towards Gumju. Gumju dashed off again, but before Gumju could hide, he felt himself slammed to the door as the man tackled him from behind. The man grabbed Gumju by the throat and faced him. He had blood all over his face and neck beard, and his teeth gleamed with menace. The clutch on Gumju was hard and strong, and Gumju tried to kick the man off, but his tiny stubbly legs found no purchase. When the man neared the razor towards Gumju's face, he stopped moving. In Gumju's world, every single day was an opportunity for treats and snuggles. His darkest moments were limited to being left all alone at home, or plastic clothes hangers being used on his butt. Here, in this black room, hidden from both Mummy Hyunseo and Opa Louie, Gumju learnt the definition of fear. Tell me, who sent you, huh? The man said between clenched teeth. I'll make you talk, one way or another. 
Gumju whined and shivered in response. Never mind. The man pressed harder onto Gumju's neck. Tansri HBL is going to build those condos and there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. I'll just withdraw this ritual and start a new one. And your blood will be useful. Eh? A cold wind swept across the room. The candles' lights flickered as they were blown out one after another, leaving behind bitter scents. The flies stopped humming. Smoke emitting from the rug filled the room. Gamju gulped and the man looked around. A deep feminine voice echoed through the dark room. Behind each word rang a tribal chorus. To hear it was to feel in one's heart the thunderous reverbs of a tropical monsoon. Gamju will return in just a bit on the Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. It's a Sunday kind of love by Maya Tan. How are you? And I hope you're really enjoying your year-end break. Merry Christmas to those who are celebrating Christmas. Today we're bringing back The Spectacular Adventures of Gamju, written by Fu Sik Han. And now, on with the story. Deep inside the fog, there emerged a lady most horrible and beautiful and terrifying and exotic. Long hair draped over her dusky skin. She wore only the pelt of a black leopard over her body and stood in the middle of the room before the pot-bellied man and Gamju. Who dares summon Sangadin? She who shakes the cause of the depths of the earth. She who stands upon the mountains and calls forth the rain. We are she of the deepest recesses of the rainforest. We are she who knows both the evil and wisdom of man. We are the tiger. She of the green eyes hidden in the smoke. We are the python. She of the fork slithering down, down the trees. None has, has ever known us yet called we are to, to this corrupted world of men. One truth we demand and, and once more we ask, ask who dares summon Sangade? The man loosened his grip and Gamju took that opening to kick himself away. He scampered off rushing towards the table to hide under. The lady pointed a finger at him, and Gumju's legs became jelly. However scary the pot-bellied man was, something inside Gumju told him that this lady was infinitely worse. His newly learned recognition of fear was already taking effect. He marched, each step gingerly and stoic, until finally he was at her feet. She smelt of burnt honey and wet earth, Sangadin picked him up with one hand by the tummy and lifted him up high, as if inspecting a strange specimen. He was too frightened to think, 
so he retreated to his base instincts. He stuck his tongue out, tilted his head to the side, and smiled. You are not from here. She put on a wide grin, like a hyena spotting a grand, undisturbed kill, and sniffed at him. <laughs> Perhaps it was you who called for us. For everyone. She cradled him in one arm and let him lie on her chest. Her body was warm and made him feel like he was glowing. Gumju glanced back and noticed at the corner of the room the pot-bellied man crawling away to the door. Little man, she declared. Do you believe Sangaden, Queen of Jinns, Consort of Sangalaraja, is unworthy of your respect? The door burst into flames, breaking and raining the man with burning shards. He cried and fell back, face towards Sangadin, on all fours as if in prayer. Forgive me, Ampon, Ampon, he said between sobs. I, I am not worthy to be in your presence. I know you. She raised a hand. The table at the far end vibrated, and each jar burst apart, one after another. Chemical juices flowed and pooled onto the floor. Little man, you who called forth our children and siblings, and forced them to do your beatings, and now you dare ask us to bend to your will. What shall it be for? I am just a humble servant, Ampon, mighty lady, said the man. A puddle formed under his underwear. I only serve the wishes of others. I help my boss build some condos. Tuja, ampun, ya ampun. And we shall have those houses damned, she said. Tidak, ya ampun. Yes, she proclaimed. Thunder boomed across the room and Gamju yelped, squeezing tighter in Sangadin's embrace. And now, Perhaps we shall ask those who once served you to see you. Dozens of pale white arms shot out of the floor beneath the man. They grabbed onto his body with wild, primal abandon. Fingers poked into his eyes and he screamed, only to be silenced when hands grabbed onto his jaws and tongue, pulling him down to the earth. Weep and pray for your death while you still can. <laughs> Soon, the man himself had completely disappeared into the ground. Gumju put his paws over his eyes and whined hard and low. He felt himself lowered and he jumped off as soon as she loosened her grip. She squatted and reached out a hand and Gamju, recognising all too well the gesture, licked her fingers. 
They tasted like the dying embers of a midnight bonfire by the sea. Foreign one, she said. Tell us, what is your greatest desire? Her voice was soft, but it sounded like a test. It was a test, right? Gamju wasn't sure. She smiled and nuzzled him under the neck. Ultimately, he just wanted to be a good boy and nothing else. That and being with Mummy Hyunseo and Opa Louie, even if they could now be stockpiling a great deal of plastic clothes hangers. Such pure wishes, said she. And grant them She stood and pointed to the dark in the distance. From the fog rose a set of white doors, lit by the glow of an ephemeral moon. The doors parted, a great beast stretching its jaws. Go forth and sin no more. Gamju gave her a slow nod and waffled his butt over to the room behind the doors. The red tile wall inside was faded, but somehow it had a glazed shine. The same old tune played, though instead of piano ivories, it sounded like soft bronze echoes. He felt the room vibrate. Mr. Bring me a dream. Make him the cutest. Make him the cutest that I've seen. The doors opened and Gamju waddled out of the room into a familiar space. The air was cool under the hum of the AC. Running Man was on TV and Mummy Hyunseo was sprinting towards him. There you are! Gamju! She cried. He pulled his ears back and stared back when her hands were on him. Ah, what's wrong, baby? She asked and she shared his look of confusion. He licked her on the nose to disguise his unease. She laughed. <laughs> Gamju! And when she hugged him, Gamju glanced back to where he had come from. Instead of glowing metal doors, he saw the old familiar wooden entrance of his home. He made a questioning sound and looked over to the living room. A pale man in a trucker hat was sitting on the couch. A heavy rucksack by his side with the Dallas Kuala Lumpur air luggage tags still attached. When he picked up a glass of yuzu tea, he used only fingers rather than his whole palm. Gamju paid little mind to him, instead focusing on what lay beneath his bare feet. The rug. Gamju kicked a little and Mummy Hyunseo let him down. He ran and jumped on his precious home decor, eager to let its ruggedness fill his entire existence. He hopped a few times, allowing the fabric tentacles to flop and drop, then stopped. He sniffed. He walked over from spot to spot with his head down. Everything was clean. It was the same rug, but it was not the same rug. Where was all the love that he had poured into the rug? It was as if someone took it, broke it into a million pieces and reconstructed a new one in its place. And whoever did that had it cleaned. His love eradicated. Gamju was terrified. Nothing made sense anymore. Come on, uh, Gamju. Go say hi to Eric. 
He could hear Mummy Hyunseo tell him, but he was too upset to think about smiling or shaking hands. I'll get you more ice, Eric. This country is just too hot. He listened to her feet, pit-pattering away to the kitchen, leaving him alone with Eric. That rug? <laughs> An imposter. It dawned on him that he was living in a world where his favorite rug had stopped existing. He stretched out and whimpered in disappointment and confusion. Large, strong hands wrapped around his body from under his forelegs, lifting him gently with ease. Why, hello there, boy! Gumju's eyes grew wide as he swatted his forepaws forward, hitting the worn U.S. Marine Corps dog tags hanging around Eric's neck. He stared up at Eric's face. Cold, sad eyes hid behind his blonde beard, and they pierced straight at Gumju. His expression was that of a man resigned to an unknown fate, dull but steeled from experience. Oh, there, there now, I know that look, Eric whispered. You've seen things too, huh, boy? Nobody ever spoke to Gamju the way he did, so Gamju nodded. Be strong, boy. You hear? Eric told him. It only gets better. Everything will be all right. He was let down onto the couch. Usually, Gamju would hop off and go bother Mummy Hyunseo for treats. Instead, he trotted and spun around a few times, then laid his head on Eric's lap. Letting a coarse hand pet him all over. Mummy Hyunseo came back with a bowl of ice. I just spoke to Louis. He's bringing home some nasty kalabu so we can have dinner in half an hour. Okay? She said as she sat down beside Eric. And look at him! She pinched under Gamju's left ear. He's taken a liking to you so quickly. Good boy. Good boy. Well, he is a good boy," Eric agreed. "Is Gamju good boy? Yes? No? Stop thinking thoughts. Check." And Gamju was content. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of sad to see the end of the story. Want more stories like this one? Email us at sundaykindalove at bfm.my. That's sundaykindalove, one word, at bfm.my. Now I know we've got a lot more New Year celebrations happening before the year ends. Before we go, I'm going to play you "Last Chance to Dance" by Eka. Here's wishing you a fabulous holiday season and happy New Year. This is Maya Tan for a Sunday Kind of Love, BFM. 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station.